The summer break is vastly approaching, but we have one more chance to upset the apple cart before F1 shuts down for a few weeks. Welcome back to the Grid Talk podcast. This is episode 312. And if you'd like to hear more from us on our, on our social feed, why not give us a follow? We are at Grid Talk UK everywhere you find the at symbol. I'm your host, Tom Horrocks. And today I am joined by Grip Strip pod host, podcast host, Philip Matthew. Hello. And fellow Grid Talk host, George Housen. Good evening. And the DNF1 podcast host, Adam Burns. Evening, everyone. Hope you're well. All very, very well indeed. I'm on holiday this week, so I'm very well refreshed. Uh, but first, we just got to, before we get into things, just going to have a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, which is Bet Online. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. Bet Online is always your sports information headquarters this season, as they have you covered for all your sports wagering needs basketball, MLB, NHL. Hockey right up to UFC and boxing. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games that you can play right from your home. BetOnline.ag, uh, head to BetOnline.ag today and be sure to use the promo code Believe B L E A V to receive your fifty percent welcome deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. So uh, where the game starts this week is going to be the Belgian Grand Prix, the last race before the summer break. And uh, we look ahead. This race has been on the calendar since predates for the Formula One World Championship, 1925, the first time it was held. So it's obviously it's uh, it's been around for a very long time. And I'll, I'll come to you first, Phil, just because um, it, it is obviously a universally loved circuit. And but we obviously a few weeks back, we had the Delano van Hoff incident. Um, that still looms, and they're coming into their last year of their contract. Could this be the final Belgian Grand Prix, do you think? I hope not. I mean, we already lost the Belgian Grand Prix uh, years ago, Tom, when they had issues with contracts and stuff and upgrades and making sure it was up to Bernie standards. Uh, they've been doing a lot of safety uh, work there, especially, you know, Rouge and uh, Radion, and it's still a, it's one of the most dangerous corners in all of motorsports, and it's really unfortunate. Uh, passing of the young young man a few weeks ago. I mean, it's I mean we've had these situations for many years. Um, I hope they don't leave there. Uh, if anything, if they have to go into a alternate, you know, every other year they go there. I think that's a better option than just never going there ever again. Uh, it's a classic course, you know, going to Silverstone. I think there was a difference, you know, going to Brands or going to Donington versus going to Silverstone. Now that they're back there and they're going to be there forever. It's a, it's one of the original courses. You don't want to lose Monza, even though people are talking about, I mean, that's the, those are the places that connects the history of the sport to today. You want to win the same race that, you know, Fangio or Senna or Prost or, or Schumacher won. Um, but, you know, it it is the business of F1 these days. Um, hopefully they don't, but I'm concerned that with even the recent stuff that's happening, um, it may be on its last legs in terms of being a regular stop on the Formula One calendar. 
Yeah, we, we, we'd hate to see that fall away. And it's just a bit concerning, given that the recent loss of life there as well. Obviously, there's a chance that uh, there's always a chance there that, that things can get cancelled. And um, so hopefully that, that won't happen. But George, your opinion, what do you think that Spa need to do to save themselves if there is anything they can do? Because it may well be out of their hands. It is to an extent, Tom. I mean, if you've seen the crash of Daniel Vantoff, um, it's it, it's it's very very scary for one thing. Um, but as someone who did an engineering degree and knows, I think a decent amount about racing cars and safety in cars, I myself was saved by the safety in uh, cars many many moons ago. I'm very grateful for that, and it's the same with racing cars as well. Um, but the the thing is, the reason why he passed away, unfortunately, was because he didn't get hit once, but he got hit twice. Um, and these these cars are very much designed to be hit once and disintegrate to help spread the momentum of the accident to make it less for the driver. Problem is, is if you could then get hit a second time, you've got nothing to protect you, and that's unfortunately what uh, killed Delano. Um, and to an extent, you can't legislate for that. I think Seb. Uh, Sebastian Vettel said it very well and uh, Bianchi passed away. You can't allow for this sort of thing. This shouldn't be a part of motorsport and it absolutely shouldn't be. But I very much value what Spa is. Um, I've been to the track. It's a magnificent racing venue. It's in a beautiful part of the world. The weather there is incredible. Uh, it can it can go from bright sunshine to pouring down rain and a, and a drop of a hat. It is like Phil was saying, it's the same venue that the likes of Fangio and Nuvolari going far enough back and, and Moss and Senna and all these true greats have won at. And I think it'd be a real crying shame that if, if it were to leave the calendar. Um, it is on the calendar for next year, of course. Um, but things like China have been on the calendar for the last three years and we haven't been there. So that's not a concrete, that's not a concrete thing, especially if the contract's up at the end of the year. I'm not sure if the circuit can really do anything. I mean, they've they've made it wider at the top of uh, Radion after Hubert passed away in 2019. Um, but I think that was just one of those freak crashes. And it's a tragedy, of course. But should the track be discontinued because of that? I'm not so sure. I don't think it's a problem with the circuit, to be honest. I think it was just a horrible set of circumstances, really. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much everyone's uh, second favourite or favourite circuit. And I think it just needs a good race this year to, uh, to to showcase why we need to keep it on the calendar and, and maybe just looking at the conditions that we race in um, rather than actually the, the race itself. Let's maybe think, do we really need to be sending these kids out in these conditions? Probably not. Formula One, slightly different, but these kids, we don't want to see them. You know, putting them putting their lives in danger when you know they probably don't have the mental maturity to deal with those conditions. But um, but moving on to the race, so a slightly more happy subject, Adam. We'll come to you first for the AlphaTauri team, the, uh, um, the 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 team propping up the constructors championship at the moment. A strong performance from the 2014 winner Ricardo last time it was a timely boost for them. Um, but uh, can Daniel be the catalyst for improvement of the sister team? Do you think? Um. I mean, it's a nice way to introduce yourself back into Formula One. I think there were many people that had doubts and reservations. I Admittedly, I would say myself would be included in that as to whether or not Ricardo would be able to refine that magic that made him such a hot commodity in F1 only a few years ago. You know, it was at one point where a lot of people were asking for him to go to Ferrari to replace Sebastian Vettel. Of course, you know, he went to McLaren, won the race at Monza, but the, the whole period at McLaren 
wasn't necessarily a success. So obviously people had reservations over that. Him coming back, the nature in which he's came back, replacing Nick DeVries, maybe a little prematurely compared to where some people felt he could have replaced him. But nonetheless, he's come back, had a great weekend at the Hungara ring, very much outperformed his teammate Yuki Tsunoda and put the pressure on him. And hopefully it's a sign of things to come for Ricardo. AlvaTari will certainly be buoyant about this and they will certainly hope that form continues because as you mentioned already Tom bottom of the championship at the moment only Yuki Tsunoda's special performances to get a point here or there have been able to put them on the scoreboard and they are lagging behind in the constructors so if Daniel Ricardo can continue this form maybe get a points finish or two and Tsunoda obviously continues from his early season form they've got every chance from picking themselves up but at this point in time they obviously have to be honest with themselves. They still are, in my opinion, the slowest team on the grid. Not too far off Alfa Romeo, but uh, it's so competitive in that midfield right now. You really have to be on it and for it all to come together just to get points at the moment. Yeah, that's absolutely 100% correct, though. The, the uh, second place to 10th place has never been closer. It's uh, it's, a, it's a ridiculously uh, close close championship. So to go from the the last team to the, to the fifth team is not particularly difficult as we've seen from uh, a certain team in Papaya we'll be talking about a little a little bit later on uh finally something nice to talk about there but uh, something another team that's not quite in that kind of buoyancy Phil is the Alfa Romeo team they had a incredibly strong qualifying in Hungary but still failed to yield any points can Spa be a be a, a different weekend for them given the, the very different nature of the circuit it it all depends with them, Tom. I mean, they they're very track specific. It seems like that for certain teams, they've been known over the years to have great straight line speed, and so that could mean that they're in a good place for this race. And then once we come back uh, for Monza, but I don't know. They had a great qualifying session last weekend at at uh, Hungary, and then it promptly went nowhere fast um joe basically being late on the starting line and then botas and they were buried after that incident with alpine uh you would hope so for the sake of uh the ferrari customers you know teams you know they they need to have some uh good news going on but botas is solid at spa over the years but not really sure. I, I don't I can't give a definitive yes or no with with the Alpha Romeo because we don't really know what their what their focus is or what their commitment is at this point. Are we still on Audi mode or are we just full on Audi mode or are we trying to compete for points here? Because Williams is right there with them and they're in a mix with them and Haas. So uh We'll see what happens. I think if if Botas has his druthers, he'd qualify in Q3 and put himself in a position to at least get back end points. But that's just my thought. Yeah, I think they do a bit of luck. They had they've been scoring points in smatterings over the season. Nothing particularly consistent, but uh, they have shown they they can get up there. I think this was their chance. The weekend just gone, but hopefully they can uh, resurrect that for uh, before the summer break. Give them something to to uh, to cheer about before the summer break. Uh, one team that's looking increasingly unlikely to be moving forwards, George, is is the Haas team. The uh, the same old story in Hungary: a dynamite pace from Hulkenberg, um, and then just both cars going backwards in the race. Can this weekend be any different for them? 
Uh, possibly. I actually think it could be a better weekend for them. Um, not because of their pace in the actual race itself. They have massive problems with trying to keep the tyre temperatures down, I think, in the race, especially with Spa being such an easy track to overtake at. Uh, they're not going to score any points there. But one of my bolder predictions, I think they could do all right in the sprint because this is a sprint weekend. And Hulk did get some points in Austria in the sprint. And it was no fluke ivory. He fully deserved it. Probably the wet conditions helps as well. So I don't think it'd be easy for them by any means. But yeah, in terms of their actual race pace, Haas are probably the worst car on the track. They cannot keep their tyres in a decent window. They just can't. And it doesn't matter. They could qualify third and fifth this weekend and they'll still finish like 17th and 18th by the end just because they, they have no pace in the race. It's uh, it's pretty depressing for them. And the only way, unfortunately, for them really is down. I can't see them getting much above where they are at the moment in the constructor standing. So I'm, I'm predicting a difficult weekend for Hulk and Magnussen. Yeah, it's it's a it's a strong shout on the on the sprint though, because with the the way they can't keep the ties in the window, and uh, the shorter the race, the better their chances. So strong performance from Hulkenberg. We could well see them in the points at least in the sprint anyway. But uh, moving on to the team, Adam, that have been scoring scoring reasonable with reasonable consistency recently, Williams, and uh, still occupying P seven in the championship. Can you see them pushing forwards towards Alpine, or will this be a, a rear guard action for them for the rest of the season? It's an interesting one, Tom. I, I think Alpine have kind of found themselves once again in a bit of a no man's land situation. They are comfortably ahead of everybody behind them, but they are quite some way behind those that are ahead of them. And that includes McLaren now, of course, who have completely leapfrogged them and a few other teams in that fight, possibly for P2. Of course, we'll get to that bit later on. But Williams, it's interesting because, as you pointed out, they are the best team in the midfield at the moment. I think you know, in fairness or merit, they have been the best midfield team outside those top six at the moment. And this could be another good weekend for Williams. I expected Williams to struggle at Hungary. Alex Albon finishing P11. I think granted he wasn't going to finish in the top 10 unless one of the much faster teams had a car drop out. And, you know, as a, as a result of the, the straights that we've got at Belgium, you know, obviously the very fast final sector and of course that run up uh, through Oruj and Radion and of course the Camel Straight as well. You really have to watch out for those Williams. They're going to be very, very slippery. I imagine there's going to be a bit of an adjustment for the lack of downforce on that car in the middle sector. But I think Williams have shown this season and in particular with Alex Albon that they are able to accommodate that pretty well. As I said, P11 at a track in Hungary where I expected them to really, really struggle. And Albon very nearly got points. You can imagine that Belgium, with a sprint weekend as well, could be a great opportunity to them to, for them to pick up a few more points and build a bit of a buffer ahead of their rivals behind them in the Constructors' Championship going into the summer break. I, I really feel that a lot of praise should be thrown at Williams this season, and it could continue this weekend. Yeah, they are certainly doing uh, doing a lot with not a lot at the moment, and uh, that's that's probably a lot down to uh, to James Vowles and in charge now making things a lot more efficient. So um, I think it's going to be a very difficult car to overtake in a straight line, certainly. So uh, so who knows if they can have a decent qualifying, you know, smattering of rain or something. You never know. Once again, it, as it ha seemingly has done for every race this year, it looks like there's rain forecast for the weekend. So uh, it could well be a, could well be an interesting weekend with the sprint as well. But moving on to to Alpine then, Phil, they uh, you have to go back to 1995 to the Schumacher-Benetton time for the last time a Renault engine or the Enstone team won here. So um, 
this team comes off the back of one points finish out of the last three races and neither car completing a lap in Hungary. What's on the menu this weekend for, for Alpine? Are they, have, have they got any chance at all of, of, uh, of resurrecting their season? I figure that their, the resurrection will start in August when they come back in Austria, or I mean at uh, the Dutch Grand Prix. I think this is the momentum is so bad and the juju is so bad at uh, Alpine that I think they're just trying to get out of there um, with a with two functional race cars. Uh, I think finishing the race is probably their goal. Um, they do have a car that can be fast in. Uh, they've shown that at times this year, but of course, you know, they do have a deficit on the power unit. They do have deficits in other areas. McLaren's over has blown by them. Williams is not going to get there, but Williams has a very competitive car. So where are you at? You're in no man's land. Um, it's unfortunate, really. I think Gasly uh, can has shown some some signs there, and both him and Ocon have had moments there, but not this year. I think they're just trying to finish the the race this weekend, the races this weekend in one piece. Hopefully, not have power unit issues so that it hurts them in the second half of the season, since there's way more races in the second half. Um, so they'll be taking grid penalties. Uh, I I think. Getting through unscathed is their goal for this weekend. Yeah, how the mighty have fallen from their early season predictions of uh, a strong third pushing for second. It's uh, certainly going to be difficult for them. But one team that certainly does seem to be on the up, George, lucky you, you get the good news story of the season. It's uh, Although McLaren haven't won it since 2012, I mean, the, the optimist in me hopes that there could be something more this weekend. And, and given that they were a drift of Alpine just a few races ago. And now they've got nearly double the amount of points Alpine have got. It's an incredible turnaround. Can we, can we dare to dream this weekend as McLaren fans? We can dream. All right. Where it's going to become reality. I'm not so sure. Uh, mainly because uh, that man in the Red Bull that we will get to uh, before too long is just so on top of the rest of the field. I think he, what are they winning hungry by like 30 seconds, something like that. It, I think that'll put pay to um, any chance that McLaren have got of a win, to be honest, this weekend. But the fact that we're talking about McLaren potentially winning a race after starting the season, I mean, you can go back and listen to the podcast from like Bahrain and Saudi Arabia that we did. I was genuinely like, right, McLaren are backmarkers this season. We're done. We're finished. This is This is terrible. We can't come back from this. But here they are, legitimately the second fastest team on the grid in the last two races. It is completely turned on their head. Um, they have they have a real chance of at least one podium this weekend. Absolutely, um, if things go in their favour, they're probably the most likely people to pick up the pieces. Um, if Red Bull does it, make some sort of mistake or something, um, and you know, credit to both Lando and and Oscar Piastri as well. Lando, we've seen his quality before. We've seen him pick up podiums before. But for Oscar Piastri to be unfortunate in some ways and not get a podium yet, you know, I, I do feel for the guy to an extent, but he's putting in some incredible performances. And, and I, I've done a I've filmed a short video, which will be out on our social channels, of course, at Grief Talk UK, like Tom said at the start of the show. Um, but that video is just basically giving my bold prediction for the rest of the season, not the one you're thinking of, a different one, uh, that McLaren have a genuine chance of overtaking Ferrari and Aston Martin on current form at the moment. I think they've got a real opportunity to get third, but they're going to need a very good result, especially around a high-speed track like Spa. But I think they can do it. I can absolutely see it. 
Well, I'm ever the optimist, but even I think uh, second, third is probably even fourth might be a little bit too far for McLaren. I'm, I'm happy they're back in that fifth and just just build on it and, and see where they go. But uh, moving on to to the uh, team being represented today, uh, Adam Burns is uh, re- representing Ferrari on the on on the video link. So um, huge success over here over the years. They've won here more than any other team by by uh, I think eighteen times they've won here, and they've won here quite recently as well. They've upset the apple cart with um, with Mercedes in their dominance by winning here a few times during that period as well. So. What's the chances this weekend? Can they can they at least challenge Max Verstappen? They they look like they had some pace in Silverstone, but it just didn't didn't come to light. Is it just a case of they need need to get their you know get get their house in order and and because it looks like they do have some genuine pace? Well, this is it. And um, I mean, in in answer to your first question, Tom, do I think Ferrari can challenge Max Verstappen? In a word, no. Um, but realistically speaking, the Ferrari. It's such a strange one to really put your finger on where exactly the problem is. I don't think it's one small thing. Ferrari, they just can't seem to get the basics right. Every single weekend, it's always something, whether it's the car being sensitive or the drivers making mistakes or strategy mistakes or pit stop mistakes. It always seems to be something. I mean, I I did something like this on, on my own show yesterday when I was doing the race review. And I compiled a list of all the excuses throughout the season that Ferrari have made to what their car is sensitive to. And if you'd indulge me, I'll share it for you for just a moment. So from what I can gather, the Ferrari is sensitive to high winds, medium winds, low winds, no winds, soft tyres, medium tyres, hard tyres, wet tyres, dry running, overtaking, right turns, left turns, pit stops, and... I could think of many other reasons right now. Tunnels was another one as well from Monaco. I don't know where that came from. But point is, is Ferrari, for whatever reason, trying to search for the answer and they're creating more questions for themselves at the moment. The drivers don't have trust in the the engineers with the strategy. We saw on the radio, Leclerc was complaining about, oh, you know, can, can we go to the end? And they were trying to question this and say, oh, we'll find out at the end. We're checking. We are checking. We are checking. Still don't know if they're still checking or not. Um, And as you pointed out, I think the way to sum it up, Tom, right now with Ferrari is they do seem to have a quick car. Not obviously not as quick as the Red Bull, but certainly quick enough to fight for best of the rest with McLaren, Mercedes and Aston Martin. And at the moment, they just can't seem to put it all together. It's always something going wrong. And, And to be fair, I think, you know, George said it perfectly. I would not rule out. McLaren having a go at trying to get P3 in the Constructors' Championship because given where the trajectory is right now, McLaren on the way up, Aston Martin have miraculously fallen back and Mercedes are the only team right now out of that lead group that seem to be able to rely on their drivers to pull out the result at the weekend and put it all together. Ferrari at the moment are just at sixes and sevens right now. So I couldn't tell you with any level of certainty where Ferrari are going to end up this weekend. They're either going to be a double podium or they could be out of the points. Eva is equally likely at the moment. That's a scathing indictment, but I guess we're always super critical of the ones we love the most. So uh, yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm unsure what Ferrari will do. I, I'm confident Ferrari will actually have a reasonable weekend this weekend. I think they'll be they'll be up there, not winning, but they'll be up there anyway. But you mentioned Aston Martin, and we'll move on to them next, Phil. And and three races in a row, they've looked off the boil now. Maybe McLaren just snuck in and stole some of their upgrades and stuck them on their car because it seems to be coinciding with the McLaren resurgence as the Aston Martin downfall. Really, 
Can they get back to the podium contention this weekend or or is that ship now sailed? Is it just a case of building for next year? I mean, considering how some people talk about Zach Brown and how ruthless he is, it's entirely possible that could have happened. But um, in real talk, I do believe that uh, Fernando Alonso, he... He loves the circuit. I don't, it's one of the ones he hasn't, I believe it's one of the ones he hasn't won yet at. I I, I may be wrong, but you know, whatever. Uh, we, are, we are checking. We are checking. Yeah, now. but I, it's like, it's, he's won all these other places. Yeah. So they're okay. Good. Um, not trying to be a downer, but yeah, for as good as he has been over the years and how great and a legend that Fernando Alonso is, he's never won at spa. If you looked at it earlier in the season, you'd have thought that he had a chance to do that. That's this team, the Silverstone team over the years has had some great performances at Spa. Um, but I don't think that's going to be this weekend. Uh, yes, Alonzo will compete for points. Yes, Alonzo will make Q3. What will come of that? I have no idea. Now, if the weather, which is always a thing at Spa, comes into play, um, it could change things up. Stroll, for what he is, seems to actually be all right in rain in rain conditions. So that could actually up their chances. Uh, but second half of the top 10 is what I'm looking at for both Aston Martins, if both Aston Martins do make it in the points uh, this weekend, which is kind of unfortunate considering they had the second best car for, I think, the first three months of the season. And I think after Monaco, the bottom fell out and they haven't found it since. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, the, the traditionally the Silverstone team has always been very good around this circuit. And obviously, Fernando Alonso was uh, was in a very strong position this time last year. And but uh, yeah, it seems to be a bit of a bit of a far cry from from that position now. And and let's let's see this. I, I can't couldn't believe that when you said about Alonso never winning here. And and yeah, you're absolutely right. He's never won here. And that that's that's a phenomenal stat. So um, that, I've learned something today. So but we'll move on to Mercedes, though. The, the, the upgrades, they promised so much and they didn't seem to deliver an awful lot. They've only won one uh, once here in the last five years, George, and it's uh, which is much lower than than I thought as well. And even that all conquering twenty fourteen car, as I mentioned earlier, was uh, was beaten by Daniel Ricciardo. Is this turning into a bit of a bogey track for them? And could this be the race where they they drop back into that kind of midfield mire? Um, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. I mean, 2014, that was that was helped by the Mercedes crashing into each other. We're not going to get into whose fault that was. That's nearly 10 years ago. But um, yeah, in terms of their performance this weekend, I mean, oh, over one lap, that car is very fast. As we saw Hamilton getting pole hungry. Who saw that coming? I didn't. Um, but in the race at the start on higher fuel, it does seem to struggle a bit. So, I mean, I'm not going to get into my ball prediction. I've got a few floating around that I want to potentially go go with to choose from. But I think Mercedes will do very well in qualifying, as long as George Russell gets his act together in Q1, um, like uh, like he didn't do in in Hungary. But even then, he, he finished sixth by the end. He beat the Ferraris and the Aston Martins throughout the race, despite starting at the back of the grid. So that car's got good pace. They just need to utilise it properly. Um so I think I think to be honest, I think I think they'll do all right. I think they'll probably beat Ferrari. They'll probably beat Aston Martin. Clarence is maybe a bridge too far, but it just depends how they get on. 
they could have some really good low drag setup that we've not seen. Um, they did pretty well around Silverstone as well, which is another high speed track. Um, so I think Mercedes will do all right. I wouldn't say it's particularly a bogey circuit for him. I think the bogey tracks over the years are more uh, more Monaco and Singapore. They've usually struggled around them a bit more. Belgium's not too bad for them, um, but it's not been their best track either. So you're, you're right on that front. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a bit of a conundrum. It's like you think it'd be the kind of car that would have suited them over the years, especially with the strengths of that car through the turbo hybrid era. But it just circumstances, and you know, you just don't know what Spa will bring, and sometimes it brings uh, brings chaos and brings uh, almost divine intervention to try and stop people winning races there. So, but uh, moving on to the team that we need some divine intervention to beat this this week, and then Adam, it's uh, it's the Red Bull team. Max Verstappen has won the last two years. Home advantage, given that he is actually Belgian. Sorry, Holland. And uh, Red Bull have won the last 12 races. Is there any hope for anyone else to steal the spoils? Well, I mean, there's always hope. That's why we tune in every single weekend. It's the beauty of live sport, even though it's very, very likely that we're going to see Max Verstappen dominate this Grand Prix. You just never, ever know at this point in time. And in a weird way, you're kind of in, you know, if you want to take some enjoyment out of this, it's that thought process of can Red Bull actually win every single race this season? You know, it, it will get to a point later on in the season where people might actually want that to happen in a weird sadistic way, if you're not a Red Bull fan, of course. Um, but Red Bull went really well last year here. Max Verstappen, what did he start near the back of the grid? And he was already winning the race by lap 12, something ridiculous like that. So I would be very surprised. It will probably take divine intervention, as you said, Tom, for Max Verstappen to not win this Grand Prix Checo Perez, you know, last week, Martin Brundle said it perfectly. It was a statement drive from him on the Sunday. Qualifying wasn't great. It was a very tight top 10 in all fairness. So, you know, if you had a bit of a muddied lap, you can lose a few places. We saw that with Max and Lewis took full advantage of that getting pole position. So I'm expecting Checo to take the positives from a strong drive on Sunday last weekend and replicate this this weekend. And finishing the top two, I'd be very surprised if it wasn't a Red Bull 1-2 this weekend. And this is exactly what Checo needs to do. If he keeps doing what he's doing and puts in drives like he did at Hungary, obviously not having to recover a qualifying performance, he's very much going to be in that Red Bull for the foreseeable future. I think he just needs to do what he was doing last weekend, focus on his own driving. And Red Bull will be very happy with their drivers, quite frankly. I, I just can't see who's going to stop them. Yep, that's uh, that's a, again a damning indictment of the action we're likely to see this weekend. But I think yeah, a Red Bull one two, given how how fast that thing is in a straight line and how quick it is through the corners, sounds very simplistic, I know, but it just seems to like where it needs to tick the boxes, it just seems to tick them with a big old bingo pen tick because it's they are just phenomenal at the moment. But uh, I, I mean, it's going to be fairly predictable predictions, I think. But uh, I'm going to try and mix the predictions up very slightly. I'm just going to swap out pole position for sprint winner. Because uh, I think given that we do have a sprint weekend, we should have a bit of a bit of a play on that one then as well. So I'll come to you first, Phil. So can I have your predictions for the weekend then for the winner of the sprint, your podium for the Grand Prix and a bold prediction as well? Max Verstappen in the sprint, Max Verstappen in the race. Uh, second will be... Uh okay, so that's that's where I have to start thinking. Second will be I'll go with Oscar Piastri. He'll finally get his first career podium. That could be considered a bold prediction. I don't think it is a bold prediction. He probably should have had a podium either in the last two races anyway. Uh and then third place, 
I will say uh, I'll go with Lewis for third. My bold prediction uh, for this weekend, other than Alpine actually finishing uh, with both cars. Um, oh yeah, that's right. I, I'm doing I'm doing what George used to do with with uh, George Russell. Um, Logan Sargent will score a point. That's um, that's going to be my thing if I'm on previews until it happens. Oh yes, I for- I forgot you were doing that. Yeah, okay, George, he's taking your bold prediction. I think so. Uh, let's let's have yours for sprint winner, podium, <laughs> and your bold. That wasn't my bold prediction. My 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 bold prediction was actually what he mentioned before. The an Alpine actually managed to finish the race. Um, but <laughs> but in all seriousness, my bold prediction is actually uh, for a has to score points this weekend, whether it's in the sprint. However, in the actual race, more, much more likely to be in the sprint. I mean, I've looked at where forecast. It says it's going to rain. Doesn't really mean anything around Spa. There's always a chance of rain around there. Doesn't mean it doesn't matter what the weather's like. It can always change. But I'm going to go with Haas for uh, for some points at some point during this weekend. Uh, most likely Hulk, to be honest. Um, sprint win. I'm gonna, this is going to be a bold one. But after the absolute rocket of a start he got at Hungary, I'm going to go for Oscar Piastri. I'm going to say he's going to get the sprint win. I'm not going to say he's going to get the the actual Grand Prix win. That's going to go to Max Verstappen. But it'd be just good to see somebody else (laughs) for another team win some kind of race. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Checo for second. Obviously, for very obvious reasons, I want him to get first, but I'm not going to predict it. And third, I'll go for Lando. Lando Norris in third place. I can't think why you'd want Perez to win a race. I can't think of one good reason why you'd want <laughs> Perez to win a race. <laughs> one very big reason. That's yeah, it. One, one big sombrero-sized reason. Ah. Uh, yeah, look at our previous episodes to see what I'm talking about there. Adam, your predictions, please. Um, nothing special from me, unfortunately. I'm usually more positive when I come on this show, so I apologise for that. Um, Max to win the sprint, Max to win the race, uh, Podium Checo P2, and... I'm going to go Lando P3. I think for me, it kind of depends on the weather. If we get a dry race and it don't see any rain, Lando P3. If there is some rain, Lewis P3. But for now, I'm going to go with Lando P3 uh, just to be fun. And my bold prediction, I'm going to go points for Ricardo this weekend. I think he might sneak into the top 10. Um, He did a great job in Hungary, as I said already. So, uh, you know, if he uh, keeps it all clean, keeps it all together and does what he did last time, I think he might get in the points again. Nice, yeah. As, as I said, previous winner around this track, so he he does love it around here. It's uh, it's been quite good to him over the years. So uh, yeah, strong strong predictions there, bold but strong. So um, I'm going to go with Max Verstappen for the sprint win, but I'm going to carry on with my trend of manifesting and trying to make things happen by predicting them, which is going to be a Lando Norris win at his uh, his mother's home of uh, of Belgium. With, uh, with Lewis Hamilton coming home second and Oscar Piastri rounding off the podium, it's going to be a chaotic race. And the bold prediction, if that's not bold enough for you, is going to be double points for Williams with Albon coming home in P5. That's going to be my my uh, my prediction there. So very wild. Uh, I'm sure you'll agree. But um, if you'd enjoyed this podcast, we would love it if you could leave us a five star rating on Spotify or a five star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're one of those listeners who are not yet subscribed to our channel, why not? Uh, why not subscribe? So, you know exactly when we're on. Click on the bell so you know when we're live and never miss one of our shows again. We have over 2,000 subscribers on YouTube now. So uh, thank you for that. And please consider supporting us by sharing us uh, with, with your friends. Before we go, Phil, tell us a little bit about the Grip Strip podcast and why we should listen to it. 
Yeah, thanks, Tom. Uh, Gripstrip Podcast, you can find it on uh, all platforms where you can listen to podcasts. We also have our YouTube page, Gripstrip Podcast, where you can go and see the video feed. Um, we talk about all things motorsports. We talk about motorsports here and the U.S., but we also talk about world racing, not just Formula One, but the WEC, uh, World Rally, World Superbike, MotoGP, and um, or what do you call Formula, the, the all the feeder series for Formula One as well. Uh, basically, if it goes fast, we talk about it on the Gripstrip podcast. We're at Gripstrip Pod on X, Twitter, whatever it's supposed to be now. Uh, we're also, I'm at Philip G. Matthew, my co-host, Josh Huffine is at JP Huffine. Uh, we are going to record uh, uh, either Tuesday or Tuesday, probably uh, about this week. Plenty to talk about uh, with me going to Pocono and then all the action that went on all over the world. Uh, but yeah, thanks as always, Tom. Great work and uh, great being on with George and Adam here. Uh, love being on the grid talk and doing double duty this week, actually. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, thanks a lot for for all your contributions this weekend. They've been they've been very welcome. George, I'm guessing you probably want to plug a little known podcast called The Grid Talk, maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure if you heard about it. It's pretty good, but I'm I'm not a big fan of the guy who's hosting the the preview this week. He's I don't know something about him. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, obviously I am one of the hosts of Grid Talk as well. Uh, I mean, Tom's going to give you the, the whole lowdown on how you can access that and everything. But uh, in addition to that, I'm also the guy behind the, the Football Chronicle as well. That's football spelled the Spanish way, F-U-T-B-O-L chronicle.com. I do a weekly opinion piece on the world of football and what all the goings on, which I'm going to start up again soon as the season is fast approaching. And also it's a place where you can get some of your latest transfer, transfer gossip and what's just what's going on with all the craziness of a certain country that shall not be named buying every player that is known to man. Uh, but yeah, check out that, obviously, if you want to see some more from me. Excellent. Uh, if you're not into Formula One, which don't know why you listen to this podcast, if you're not, but if you're not into Formula One, then uh, yeah, you like football, then yeah, go give, check them out. So Adam, then do you want to give us a plug for the DNF1 podcast? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, guys, of course, um, you know, if, if George didn't sell Grid Talk enough for you, go on the YouTube channel just to check out the beard game from uh, you three guys, especially George, of course. Chef's Kiss, absolutely beautiful stuff as well. We, of course, you two, Tom and Philip, obviously. I I would ha- only dream of uh, being able to rock the beard game like you guys, so uh, I'm sorry to disappoint. Nevertheless, of course, you can check out the DNF1 podcast with myself and my panel as we review and preview all of the races in the 2023 F1 season. And of course, I do promise to be a little bit more chipper and upbeat when I host the show, contrary to being a guest, but uh, it's a life of Ferrari fan for you. But as I said, DNF1 on YouTube, and you can find us on every podcasting platform that you would dare choose to listen to. So uh, hope to see you there. Yeah, fantastic show as well. Make sure you give them a listen. And yeah, I think George's beard game is definitely on point. It's uh yeah, without a doubt. I, even I'm jealous of that of that thing. I don't know how you do that. That'd just be too itchy for me. But uh, all our race shows do go out live on YouTube straight after the event. And our audio version is up slightly later, which is available on Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal and Pocket Cast as well. We do also run a Patreon. If you want to help us continue what we're doing, then please consider donating to us on Patreon. Everything goes back into the show and you get to see such great shows like the Grid Talk Live we did a few weeks back and uh, and that kind of stuff all helps with that. 
We will be back this weekend for the for the Grand Prix in Belgium with a sprint race as well. So hopefully we've got four shows coming your way this weekend. So don't forget to tune in for that and listen to Formula Talk in the week as well. So lots and lots of Grid Talk content coming your way. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you soon.